Good evening. Welcome to Monday Evening Chapel. That's the first time I've said that all year. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's our privilege to be able to participate in the 33rd annual The Long Sermon Series. I just need to see the hands of those folks who weren't around 33 years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't mean here, I mean just around at all. Yeah. Yes, Dr. Haddock was here. Um, Russell V. DeLong was a noted speaker in the Church of Nazarene. He was one of the voices for the denomination. Uh, his family makes this preaching series possible. Uh, those of you who have uh, taken Christian Preaching 1 and Christian Preaching 2 know that this uh, is the culmination of those two courses. And the folks who will participate in the teaching series, preaching series this week have been nominated by their Christian Preaching 2 professors. Uh, they submitted a manuscript and the manuscript was evaluated and uh, the folks who will minister to us this week are uh, those folks whose manuscripts um, rated highest. Uh, this evening, the minister of the word is Jim Wilson. His hometown, or at least he and his family, moved from Leesburg, Virginia in 2003. Uh, his wife's name is Kathy, his daughter's name is Michaela, and his son is Jed. And I saw all three of them. They're back here. Would you welcome them, please? Jim will graduate this May. <laughs> this May. Uh, with a Bachelor of Arts in Ministry and Pastoral Ministries. And he ha already has a ministry assignment. He is moving when? Middle of June to Pawhuska, Oklahoma to be the pastor of the Pawhuska Church of the Nazarene in Oklahoma. So congratulate him for that. Uh, most of you know Jim uh, from, from class or from other association on campus. We wanted you to get to know him a little bit about his background. Um, also want you to know though that he is a follower of Christ and this um, preaching moment is more than just a competition for him as it is for Rick Gunberg and for Scott Campbell. Uh, they will minister the word to us uh, this week. Uh, we do want to recognize the fact that, uh, that Jim was selected with this honor, and so if you'd come, I have a certificate for you. It's safe, I promise. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, it says, Certificate Recognition. This certificate is hereby awarded to Jim Wilson in recognition of his participation as a preacher in the DeLong Sermon Series on this 30th day of April 2007 at Nazarene Bible College, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Congratulations, Thank Jim. You. Congratulations. Good evening. So you have to begin your week with me. <laughs> Boy, you are in trouble. So let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this evening. But here and above all else, thank you for the word. It literally is a light to our feet. What would we do without it? It is a part of your grace. You could have left us with nothing, but in the scriptures you show us everything. Now, Lord, bring your word to life. Not because it's me, but because it's you. In the strong name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. In the winter 1990 edition of Leadership Magazine, there was a little cartoon, and it showed a sentence being passed from one pew to the next. The message passed this way. In the first pew, person said, that it went down the row, my ear kind of hurts. Pew number two, it said, the pastor has an earache. Pew number three says, the pastor got a hearing aid. <laughs> By the time it got to pew number four, it says the pastor is having trouble hearing. Apparently he lost a hearing aid he got in pew three. <laughs> By pew number five, they were saying the pastor has a double earring. <laughs> the final pew shows a little old lady getting up and walking down the aisle to the back of the church going, that's it, I'm out of here, the pastor got a double earring. I think we all recognize this as the same game we played as children. You pass the sentence from one to another of the word to see how it ends up at the end. And it never ends up at the end like it started in the beginning. Now, the exception to that is a class I took at one point where we did that little exercise and the sentence began at the beginning and at the end the same way, but that's probably because it was a room full of ministers and we want to make sure that we got it right. <laughs> But normally, it never ends up the same as it began. And while we laugh at that because it is a child's game, it illustrates a very powerful truth. The tongue has tremendous power to create confusion and destruction. We've all seen it. Now, we know that the tongue is a very small part of our bodies. But our text for this evening illustrates the fact that it can do a whole lot. It has tremendous influence, tremendous power for being so small a member of the body. If you would turn with me this evening to the book of James, chapter 3, and we will begin in verse 1. James chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. 
When we put bits into the mouths of, the, of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The word of the Lord. Now, as we read this text, I want us to pay careful attention to four things. The first is the unique responsibility of those of us who teach to manage the tongue. Then we will move on to how significant effective management of the tongue can be. Next, we will consider what must be done about the tongue. And finally, we will ponder the destructiveness of an uncontrolled tongue. The text we have this evening begins with an admonition to all of us that teach. And no, that doesn't just include your professors. I worried about that as I wrote this, but I figured, you know, I only have Dr. King and Dr. Ock and Dr. Franz to worry about at this point, so how bad can it be? <laughs> it's only three Fs, and you know, after this, I think I can convince Dr. Stelting that it was probably sabotage. <laughs> so, but the text begins with this admonition to us. That we have a responsibilities as, as teachers, all of us, to manage the tongue well. It's not because the office we hold is so important. It's because of the influence that office gives us. Teachers, by their very nature, are considered at the least to be extremely knowledgeable about the subject on which they teach, more so than their students at least, and at the most considered to be experts in the fields that they teach upon. Our students count on that. Those of us that will sit in our congregations will count on that, that we know what we're talking about. Boy, are they in trouble. They count on us to know. They count on us to manage our tongue wisely, not just from the pulpit, 
but also in our one-on-one -on interactions with them as well. They count on us to know what we're doing and to manage our tongues well. That includes everyone. That includes your pastors, your teachers in your Sunday school, your instructors, everyone. Even your children's pastor has to know what she's talking about. Everyone. If we do not, we have the ability to affect a large number of people. I stand here tonight, and whether you're paying any attention to me or not, I am having or exerting some influence on you. What I say to you matters. If I was just having a conversation with one of you, the level of that would be different. By nature, an instructor, a teacher, has influence over a larger number of people. That is why this admonition is put here. That we should be careful with our tongues because we can influence people. We all remember a teacher that had some influence on us for good or for ill. I remember the ones that did good to me. All of them are sitting in this room tonight. <laughs> and no, I know that won't get my grade up. <laughs> but I also remember those that had a negative influence. I remember the ones that said, you'll never amount to anything. And yes, I had those. And if they could stand here and look at me today, it probably would still be debatable. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is I'm standing up front now and they would have to sit in the congregation. <laughs> so now I don't care. But those that had good things to say to me, those that built me up as a person and that taught me, they had a positive influence on my life. Unfortunately, those that used their tongue poorly they also had an influence. It was a negative influence from the beginning, but thanks be to God that he turned that influence around. And it was only him. We do not wish to bring judgment on others by the harsh things we say. Neither do we wish to bring judgment on ourselves by saying them. You that will teach, you that are teaching, be careful what you say. Do not be fearful. Be careful. Now, let's not assume that the only people that have a problem with the tongue are teachers. They just have the largest influence. All of us, the text tells us this, all of us have problems. Is there anybody in the room that doesn't have any problems? Dr. Lambright. No problems? No. Everybody has difficulties. We all have problems keeping control of the tongue. We all say things we shouldn't say. We all stumble in many ways. We all have these difficulties. I believe there are moments that I should have a t-shirt that is turned upside down so that I can read it that says open mouth and insert foot. My wife is sitting in the back, ask her. I'm surprised I haven't gotten that t-shirt from her yet. We all do it. We do not manage our tongue, and so it gets us in trouble. But 
if we can manage our tongue, the scripture tells us that we can manage the whole of our lives. It's as if this little member is so difficult to manage that if we can master it, the remainder will fall in place. The remainder will be easy to discipline, easy to master if we can master the things that we say. I'll give you an example. Before I was a preacher, I was a carpenter. Sound familiar? No, I am not God. I think he did that to me on purpose. But before I was a preacher, I was a carpenter. I remember my first day, there was a uh, master carpenter. And I went to work with him, and of course, I spent the first four years of my career behind a shovel or carrying lumber. But that first day, I asked him what I needed to do to be a master carpenter like he was someday. I was 17, I was naive, I didn't know they were laughing at me. He told me this. He said, if you can master your hammer, your tape, and your saw, you will be a master carpenter like me. Now, as I asked him this, I was staring into his van, and he had about 5,000 different tools inside that van. So at that moment, I thought he was being overly simplistic with what he was saying. Just got to master the hammer, the tape measure, and the saw, and I can be a master carpenter. What do you need the rest of this for? But as the years went by, and I did that profession for 15 years, I found out he was right. There were very few tasks during the course of my day that could, could not be completed without those tools. And in fact, I couldn't finish any task that I was given during the course of a day on any building project without at least one of them. Now, my favorite was always the hammer because if you can't cut it to the right length, you can always bang it in place. <laughs> but as I mastered those tools, those three simple tools, I could carry all of them on my waist. I could set them down and lose them very easily. And I could replace them easily. They were the simplest tools I had. But mastering them meant that I had mastered my profession. Believe it or not, by the time I was done doing that, I was considered a master carpenter. Mastering those three little tools. Same thing with the tongue. If you can master it, if you can manage it, the rest of life comes with it. Now, the scripture tells us that no man can tame the tongue compares it to a fire, to an unbridled horse. So what do we do with it? If we look at the analogy of horses for a minute, a Mustang is a wild horse. If you have just one Mustang in your herd, it will ruin the rest of the herd by its presence alone. A rudderless ship cannot keep a steady course. In fact, it can't keep a course at all. It will fall away and blow around with every turn of the wind. And eventually, it will run ashore. 
One little spark. You remember when we were all kids, or most of us. Some of you were adults in here <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Smokey the Bear would always tell us, put out your campfire and don't throw your cigarette out the window. That was back in the days when everybody smoked. Now we don't even talk about it, so you'll need to strike that from this record. But he said, don't throw your cigarette out the window because it will set the whole forest on fire. I had an image as a child that my grandfather, who was a police officer, driving down the road flicking his cigarette out the window, was going to burn the entire state of Virginia to the ground. <laughs> I just knew he would. And then we visited Ohio for the first time, and I was convinced he'd already burned that place down. <laughs> It was flat. I figured he burned the mountains down. <laughs> but this is what it's saying. The text is saying about the tongue. It has this much influence. It is out of control. What do we do with it? See, because we can't take churches. We can't be youth pastors. We can't be ministers if we're going to go out here and set the whole world on fire. Now, in one aspect, we're supposed to set the world on fire. This is the bad kind. Try to keep that straight. Okay? Paul has it straight. So what do we do with it? The first thing we need to do is we need to surrender this little, this little member of our body to God. The whole man belongs to him. Why not that one little member? Lord, these words that come out of my mouth, they're supposed to be yours. Make them so. Help me. This doesn't require just prayer. It requires prayer and discipline. The second thing we have to do is we have to discipline our tongues. A cleansed heart will lead to a controlled tongue. Cleansed heart leads to a controlled tongue. Surrender to God all. Let him sanctify that tongue. Let him sanctify it all. The discipline that we do must be intentional. Not to use one of Dr. Ott's statements this evening, willy-nilly. Been a while since I heard that. But we must be daily intentional about disciplining the tongue. One of the things that that means is that we make amends for the dumb things we say. You don't just brush it under the carpet. You don't just let it go. You go back to the person. You go back to the place and you say, I said this and I was wrong. Forgive me. And then make it right. That requires humility. And lots of it. Some of us are proud. Don't like to say we're sorry. For some, we were raised up with the idea of saying I'm sorry means I'm weak. I tell you now, that is a lie. Yes, to say I'm sorry means I'm strong. Make amends for the ignorant things you say. 
a bad day in a stressful situation is no reason to tear somebody else down. We all do it. We all do it. We have to be daily intentional about not doing it. I have two little people that daily remind me to be mindful of what I say because I have tremendous influence over them. We began this evening by recalling a childhood game that we have all played. I want to give you a little rhyme that we all remember. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Lies. It's a lie. Words hurt deeper than the sticks and stones. I remember the beatings my stepfather gave. Remember them well. I have the scars from them. But if it had been not been for Christ, the scars that he left on my heart from the things he said would have run deeper. These scars healed. This one did not without him. It is a lie to say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words crush. But words also possess the power. The tongue has the power to destroy. It also has the power to build back up. Before I leave here this evening, I want to make sure of one thing. I cannot go forward without looking at you and saying, if I have said something to you that hurt, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't know how anyone can move forward and not say, if my words have hurt you, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Do not let another day go by without having made amends with those that you have wounded. Don't let your children think that you don't love them because you spoke to them in anger. Do not let your students think that you don't like them because you were having a bad day. Don't let your spouse go to sleep tonight. Let that hang there for a minute. Don't let them go to sleep tonight without knowing that you love them. Don't let it happen. Words can tear down. They can also build back up. God has made provision that if we will let him, he will not only sanctify this body and this life, he will sanctify the tongue and bring it under control so that the words you speak will not master you, but will be mastered by him. Amen? Amen. Leave you alone. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good thing. Do I get extra points for that? No. <laughs> Before I let you go, let me say this to you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. May he sanctify us through and through. Heart, soul, mind, body, strength, even the tongue. As we go forth from here, the spring words of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.
instructions been given. Go in peace.